Hello and welcome to the Alamai podcast. Today we continue with our mini-series looking at cross-cultural mission as recorded in the book of Acts. And we're doing this with the purpose of seeking to draw understanding and insight for the task of mission today. Whether that means reaching out cross-culturally in a local setting to share the gospel with migrant peoples or international neighbours, or crossing cultural borders to make contact with unreached or unengaged people groups in another part of the world. Now, last time out, we looked at Acts 8 and the account of Philip in Samaria. Well, today we continue from where we left off as we follow what happened next and how Philip handled another cross-cultural encounter. So please open your Bible to Acts chapter 8, where we'll begin at verse 26. Acts 8, reading from verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning seated in his chariot and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him, and he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet, and he asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptised? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch. And he baptised him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Now, as we look at this passage, let's remember that this angelic message to rise and go, it came to Philip shortly after the wonderful events that had taken place in Samaria, where many people had believed the gospel through Philip's ministry. It seems as though there's no time for Philip to bask in the glory of that revival, however, for God had other plans for him. And so we read in verse 26 that Philip was given divine direction. And that direction may have sounded a little strange to him, as Luke, the author of Acts, notes at the end of verse 26 that the location where Philip was to go was a desert place. We're told of no questioning, no doubt, no queries. Instead, according to verse 27, Philip obeyed and followed the instruction he'd received. Now, he may well have wondered why on earth he was going to go to such a place, but he needn't have wondered for too long. 
we read about a God-fearing Ethiopian official who was making his way home to Ethiopia, back to his government job, having visited Jerusalem to worship Yahweh. His travel reading that day happened to be the words of the prophet Isaiah. Once more, the divine direction over this whole enterprise is evident in verse 29, as Philip received further prompts by the Holy Spirit to approach the man. And once more, as shown in verse 30, Philip's obedience is prominent. Philip struck up a conversation with the official, having noticed him reading Isaiah. And this proved to be a wonderful platform for Philip to answer the man's questions and to share the good news about Jesus. The impact was incredible. The Ethiopian desired to be baptised in response to the gospel message shared by Philip. And so he had the chariot pull over to the side of the road. The two men stepped down from the vehicle and into a pool of water that was by the roadside and the Ethiopian official was baptised. Verse 39 emphasises God's hand in this situation once again. We read that Philip was carried away by the spirit from the Ethiopian who in turn continued with his journey home, rejoicing at what had taken place, being quite possibly the first African Christian. Philip is then said to have journeyed on, according to verse 40, continuing to share the gospel in various towns until he came to Caesarea. What an incredible account of cross-cultural mission. So what lessons can we learn from this account for our task of mission today? Well, very briefly, there are five things we're going to be thinking about. Firstly, it's really clear throughout this Bible passage that mission is on the very heart of God. It was God who initiated this cross-cultural encounter and God who led Philip throughout. As the people of God, we must align our hearts with his. And that means having a heart for mission. Secondly, again, something that was clearly highlighted in this passage of scripture was Philip's obedience to God's call. What an example. The reality is that all believers have received the command to make disciples of all nations. This is implied in the words of Jesus' commission to his first followers, shown in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28. And that's something we've covered on a previous podcast episode, so do look for that. Sadly, the task of mission today gets frequently sidelined, so much so that some have referred to the Great Omission rather than the Great Commission. Philip's willing obedience is a real challenge for us to take on board. Thirdly, we see from verse 30 that Philip listened to the Ethiopian. This listening enabled him to find out that he was in fact reading from the prophet Isaiah. Now, when it comes to cross-cultural mission, we're reminded here that it is important to listen to those we are trying to reach. To have an open ear in order to understand where they are at. To gain some level of insight into their context. Doing so may just reveal a point of connection or a bridge for communication like that which became evident to Philip. Our fourth point is that having identified a bridge or a point of contact, Philip then shared the good news about Jesus with the Ethiopian man. Our listening and our research into contexts and cultural environments of those we wish to reach must always lead us to this same point. Our cross-cultural mission must be shaped by the goal of sharing the good news, which is centred upon Jesus. 
our listening must take place with this goal in mind. Finally, we must be encouraged by this account. The Spirit of God is at work in the world and in the providence of God, there are people waiting to hear and respond to the gospel just as this Ethiopian man did. If only we will obey God's command and share it with them. What a joy to play a part in God's mission. To be able to share the message of good news that has power to transform lives for all eternity. Now for information about Logos Ministries International and our work supporting mission around the world, please visit us online at www.lmi-org.net. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram using the handle LMI underscore connect. Or find us on Facebook by searching for Logos Min International. Thank you for listening and do join us next time on the LMI podcast. Mm-hmm.